So it's the 18th of February, 2021, Thursday. And now we have the opportunity to train ourselves in samadhi, in bringing the mind to a firm state. So all three of the aspects of sila, samadhi, and panya, and these fall within the eightfold path, this noble path. And uh, when we walk along this way, then we meet with peace of mind. And uh, this mind, or the heart, is the knowing element, and uh, it receives many different sense impressions throughout the space of each day. And when we receive these already, when the mind uh, is cognizant of these, then it takes it all in terms of self, all in terms of it being a being, a me or another. If we look at any kind of news, we see it's all to do with self, that there's always this uh, self there within it, always me and them. And uh, if throughout the day our minds don't have this firmness within them, enough uh, for us to study and uh, contemplate the Dhamma, enough for us to get to know the Dhamma, uh, then we won't be able to uh, get to see it with clarity. Um, If there's no or insufficient samadhi and sati, then wisdom can't arise. And so there will instead be a constant... uh, operation of ignorance, of craving and clinging there within the heart, that these do their duties, and these become the causes and conditions for suffering. And sometimes we don't see that happening. We don't see the pain there within our hearts. We don't see the drawbacks of this because we're so distracted and amused by the various things that we experience. So there are these feelings, uh, pleasant feelings, unpleasant feelings, neutral feelings, and these become the cause for the arising of craving. And uh, we get distracted by all of these different things, all these different feelings. When we experience some pleasure, then we want more, and we don't wish to receive anything that we dislike. So there's this craving to have or to become, and also craving to not have and not become. This uh, leads on to attachment, then, which becomes the cause for the cause for suffering. So the training of samadhi, of making our minds collected and firm, is to bring up energy. There's the energy, the power of mindfulness, the power of samadhi. And so, I ask for all of you to try to develop these two powers of sati and samadhi to a sufficient degree so that wisdom can be born within the heart. And in order for us to gain knowledge uh, within this path of Buddhism, we do need this. We do need these qualities of sati and samadhi in order for that wisdom to arise, in order for us to see clearly into the dhammas that we should see, which is anicca, dukkha, anatta, it's inconstancy, stress, and not self. 
that all physicality and mentality isn't constant. It's stressful, it's anatta, it's not self. So we think and contemplate it. Um, and uh, we should think about this, that the Dhamma is already right in front of us. It's right in front of us. It's open and revealed already. It's just that we don't see it because the delusion within our hearts is obstructing that truth from view. And uh, what is that delusion about? Well, when the mind doesn't have samadhi, um, there's no peace there, and that's because the nivaranas, the hindrances, are acting as an obstacle to that peace. If the mind does gain calm, however, then we'll be able to contemplate in a way that allows us to see clearly. But in the beginning, however, there are these things, there are these five hindrances. Um, there's this uh, delight towards sensuality, and then there's aversion, there's lethargy or drowsiness, there's the scatteredness of mind, restlessness, and then there's doubt. And these are the things which obstruct the mind and which bring up agitated states, which makes the mind devoid of peace. And when the mind doesn't have peace in it, then wisdom simply can't arise. So the Dharma is here right in front of us. The Satcha Dhamma is already revealed clearly that things are inconstant, things are stressful, things are not self. It's already open. It's just that there are these obstructions there within our heart that prevent our um, from seeing it. They obscure our sight. And just like how in the external physical world, um, sometimes we can't um, find things because they are hidden, because there's something obscuring them from our view. And uh, even though the Dhamma is already open and revealed, uh, the kilesas obscure it from our heart's sight. So we need to train. And initially we bring up this quality of patient endurance. Because all people have this feeling of me and mine. So we must endure, then we must train ourselves in this quality of kanti. And when we do this, when we train ourselves to forbear, um, then when people, sorry, when we have a self and people come and abuse this self, they come and have ill will towards us, they hate us, they gossip about us, uh, they criticize us. We need to bring up this quality of forbearance initially. And so we have effort also in being sincere, intent upon building goodness. So we build up goodness and we have endurance towards all of the unskillful things that can arise in our body's speech and hearts. And sometimes we're able to suppress or control these unskillful acts of body and speech, but still they arise within the mind. And we suffer due to them. We have thoughts that are unskillful, thoughts of hate, thoughts of aversion. Um, and we know or we hear that these are evil, these are papa. And uh, we don't want for them to be there. We want to just have skillful qualities in the heart. But sometimes we just don't, um, oh sorry, rather, we 
uh, our hearts don't have this right intention, they don't have right view within them. Um, they find joy in sensuality, um, or they're getting lost in ill will. And we're just not able to prevent the mind from, from getting into these states. So we try to abandon them once they have arisen. It's not that we're able to prevent any of them from arising at all. But once they do arise, we abandon them. And we also put our efforts into preventing them from coming up in the future as well. So these are two kinds of right efforts. And then there's also the efforts to give rise to unarisen skillful states and to nourish, to cultivate already arisen skillful states. This all depends upon our effort. Just like how when we sit in meditation, um, we bring our bodies to a still state in order to gain inner stillness. But even though we're sitting still, our minds are moving, they're thinking a lot. And if there's all this thought going on, then we should use that to contemplate. See this body as being a collection of elements, as being something unattractive, as being a constant, stressful, not-self. And uh, if when we contemplate in this way, our hearts reach peace, then we should really do this a lot. Contemplate that specific topic, which brings up inner calm. So we may, or some people may, watch the breath and use this as the meditation object, um, feeling the breath come and go. And some people recite the word Buddha along with this. And this is a samatha kamatana. Uh, tranquility, meditation. And it's for the purpose of bringing the mind to stillness, to calm. And then when it's in that state, then we contemplate the body as being a collection of earth, water, fire, and air. And uh, see that all uh, physicality and mentality is of the nature to deteriorate, the nature to pass away. That this happens following their own nature, and we can't find any true self within them. Or we can contemplate the breath in line with anatta as well. So when the breath comes in, uh, we see or we know that this is not self, that the body is not self, and the knowing of that breath is also not self. That all uh, form or feeling or perception or memory or thought or sense consciousness, or to put it briefly, or physicality and mentality, these are all not-self. When we breathe in, we can recite the mantra that rupa is not-self. And when we breathe out, we recite nama is not-self. So we breathe in, this is not-self. we breathe out, this is not-self. This is not me. There's no me within form, within feelings, within perception or memory within thoughts, within sense consciousness. And when we breathe out, we also see there's no me within that. So this is uh, vipassana, if we can do this well. So we can use this as a mantra, as a meditation word. When we breathe in, this is not self. When we breathe out, this is not self. And through doing this, this is able to take us to peace. And this is the method of using wisdom to give rise to samadhi. And when our minds are already still, then we come back to contemplate again and we'll 
gain knowledge, um, but this is the knowledge that comes through direct knowing. It's not um, that we are reciting anything, it doesn't happen in words, but we know clearly, directly, that these things are in constants, that they really are not self. So if our minds are collected together and they're still, um, then it'll be this way. But sometimes there's a lack of, well, sorry, rather, and when they're in this still collected state, then sometimes we're not even intending to contemplate or to gain knowledge into the Dharma, but it happens all by itself. Maybe we are listening to a sermon and the mind gathers together and knowledge arises. And so this knowledge arises uh, through wisdom through our meditation and it brings the mind to a state of radiance. We see into the nature of samuti, into conventions, and our minds are liberated. They become empty. We see that it's all not self. And there are no words that this happens through. It's through direct knowledge. And here is where the state of the Dharma of truth appears. I look at various things, a hall, for example, and see that it's all inconstant. You see everything as the nature of Dhamma. And so this is what happens when the mind gains insight. It's something that we all can do. We all can develop our minds to this level. But in the beginning, we need to have faith in this path of practice. We need to see the harm in things. We need to observe the suffering that arises within our minds. And we can ask ourselves, why are our minds getting involved in stress? Why is the stress here? And some people, they can't even sleep. They have so much fear, so much worry, all this proliferation. And this makes the mind depressed. Some people work a job and uh, they don't like what they do. They don't like their occupation and it really stresses them out. And they think that they'll quit their job. And and while they're working, they just go on thinking without stop. And even when they stop working, they carry on thinking about it. And the mind is so chaotic that it uh, goes out of balance. And this is inner suffering. So finding the four requisites is stressful. And some people get so stressed, they, get, uh, they suffer so much that they, um, that they can't sleep, they can't eat, and they develop many kinds of illnesses. So we see that the suffering really arises because of attachment, because we have the self. Um, And so we should practice to gain knowledge, um, to train, to train our minds. And one way we do this is through watching the breath come and go. And we should always try to keep a meditation object in our minds constantly. Whether we're standing, walking, sitting, lying down, we always try to be mindful of what we're doing. And this is for the sake of Samadhi, for making our minds firmly established. For raising up the energy of our hearts. So some people, they experience a lot of suffering, a lot of difficulties in their life. They don't have the four requisites. They don't have a home to live in. 
They don't have food to eat. They don't have enough clothing. They don't have any medicine to treat their illnesses. And it's a lot of difficulty, a lot of suffering for them. But other people are different. They already have all these things, but still they suffer. They suffer due to other things, but really it's attachment and physicality and mentality that causes them to suffer. And many people experience a lot of stress, but they don't know why. But really it comes from the heart that attaches. And if we don't train, then we don't walk along this path that will be able to solve our problems. And that path is sila, samadhi, and panya, virtue of collectedness of mind and of wisdom, uh, which really is the the raising up of skillful states. So there's the abandoning of unskillful things uh, through our actions of body and speech. And then when we've done that, we need to train our minds so that they become firm and settled. We must see that the time that we have is of immense value. So we need to use that time well. We need to manage it well. We don't just allow it, we don't just let it go um, without giving rise to any benefit. And the things that waste our time, that allow us to use our time without giving rise to any value, is the amusement that we find, the ways that we get distracted. In previous times, um, it was only developed countries that had a movie theater. And uh, in order to watch a movie, people had to travel uh, to that theater and uh, and spend money on it. And uh, now more and more countries have got uh, developed and then uh, these theaters have opened up um, all over the place. And then these days, um, people are able to watch movies every single day. They don't have to travel anywhere, but they're able to watch them in the palm of their hand on their smartphones. And so people are able to waste a lot of time these days. So we need to really see the, the danger of this, of using our time in a way that doesn't give rise to benefit. But if people really see the value of the time that they have, then they'll use that to train their minds. Because they see that this mind is of immense value. So they'll put their efforts into sitting in meditation, to cultivating their hearts until their minds can reach a state of stillness. Until they're able to bring their minds into peace and wisdom can arise. So we should be firm in our resolve in doing this because this life that we have, it's not long. At most we live to a hundred years and within that hundred years, everyone passes away. It's not long, this life. So we should train ourselves, we should raise up our efforts. And some people have great dana barami. Um, Their generosity is immense. And uh, this flows from the faith that they have. And I rejoice in their goodness. Some people are able to keep the five precepts regularly, keep the eight precepts on some occasions. And I rejoice in this form of goodness as well. 
But it's the training in samadhi which is really quite difficult. But we need to see the drawbacks um, which are present in a mind that's scattered. And when we see this, then we're able to put our efforts into this training. So for monks, we should sit at least every morning, every evening, and before we go to sleep. And sit meditation five times a day for 45 minutes each. And that's a, a good standard to keep. And then also set aside some time for walking meditation as well. And all throughout the day to bring up mindfulness, to be aware. And if we do this, then in the end, we'll have to experience inner peace. And then when this calm is present, then insight can arise. So when we breathe in, we tell ourselves, this is not self. When we breathe out, we tell ourselves, this is not self. That I am not the five khandhas. The five khandhas are not me. We contemplate in this way. I'm seeing clearly that these five khandhas, they're not me, they're not mine. And uh, if we attach to these five khandhas, um, then this produces a sense of self. So we carry on doing this until our samadhi becomes firmly established, until wisdom arises, until we see things clearly. And when we do this, then we won't have any doubts. In the beginning, however, we doubt about all kinds of things. And I had to pass through a lot of this uncertainty myself as well, which caused so much inner turbulence. But really, the path is quite easy. We just raise up our mindfulness. We try to be aware. We recite our meditation words to bring the mind to stillness. Even though we may doubt, we still carry on practicing, carry on walking this path. If the mind's very scattered, then we chant a lot. And then when the mind's peaceful, we'll gain understanding. We have restraint over our body and speech, and this is sila, dhamma. So really try, really try, try, put in your efforts. Abandon unskillful qualities. Give rise to skillful qualities until they become complete. And this all takes our effort. In the end, then clear knowledge will manifest within our hearts. And we'll be done with all our doubts. We'll see into the Dhamma. So this opportunity that we have is good. And we shouldn't waste it uh, by being distracted by all the various sensations of this world. But rather we come to uh, bring up skillfulness to a state of completion. So this opportunity is very good. So we use it well. Use it to train ourselves, use it to practice. So may all of you set your hearts on this.